and I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We continue today in Acts chapter 21, focusing on verses 17 through 22. Paul has now arrived in Jerusalem, and just as he had hoped, he made it a day or two before Pentecost. We will now begin to see just what lay ahead for Paul on his arrival in the city. Luke tells us in verse 17 that they received a cordial welcome by all the believers when they reached Jerusalem. Now we pick up our reading with verse 18 and Luke continues his description of Paul's arrival in Jerusalem. The second day Paul took us with him to meet with James and the elders of the Jerusalem church. After greetings were exchanged, Paul recounted the many things that God had accomplished among the Gentiles through his work. They praised God, but then said, You know, dear brother, how many thousands of Jews have also believed, and they are all very insistent that Jewish believers must continue to follow the Jewish traditions and customs. Our Jewish Christians here at Jerusalem have been told that you are against the laws of Moses against our Jewish customs, and that you forbid the circumcision of the children. Now, what can be done? For they will certainly hear that you have come. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Teach me thy way. Teach me thy way, O After Paul makes his report to James and the church elders, they bring into question some of the things that he had been teaching. These questions arose from some Jews that had twisted the things that Paul was doing and saying. Paul did not really teach the things that they had claimed that he was teaching. Now, here to bring us today's study is Pastor Henry Harder. 
I have never been a missionary, and I'm sure I cannot understand their situation when they return home to report. But we get a glimpse of the problem when we observe Paul's return to the mother church. Here is how Luke records it. When we arrived at Jerusalem, the brothers received us warmly. The next day, Paul and the rest of us went to see James, and all the elders were present. Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. The church is anxious to hear from Paul after an eight-year absence. James, the leader, and all the elders gather the very next day after Paul's arrival. Fortunately, jet lag wasn't a problem in those days. Not only were these men anxious to meet with Paul, Paul himself was anxious to report. He did so in detail. We seldom allow missionaries that luxury. So Paul reported what God was doing among the Gentiles. That's what was on his heart. Tremendous things had happened among the pagans in the West. Paul said nothing about Jews in those areas. The thrill for him was the tremendous response among the pagans to Christ. Paul had crossed over into the West. He had crossed cultural lines and religious lines. He had come in contact with Satan's world, the world of evil spirits. When James and the elders heard this, they praised God. But all of that wasn't on their agenda. They wanted to hear something else from Paul. Their primary interest at this time was not the pagan Gentiles who had received Christ. So they raised the matter they wanted Paul to address. Here is what these elders said to Paul. You see, brother, how many thousands of Jews have believed, and all of them are zealous for the law. They have been informed that you teach all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn away from Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or live according to our customs. What shall we do? They will certainly hear that you have come. Evidently, thousands of Jews had come to believe in Christ. Since Paul had been away, the church had exploded among the Jews, and all of them were zealous for the law. Apparently, their belief in Christ made them better Jews. They received Christ, and this increased their zealousness for the law. Isn't that the way it should be for Jews? When a Jew receives Christ, he should take more seriously his biblical heritage and his Jewishness. When a Jew receives Christ, he should become a completed Jew, a better Jew, a more observant Jew, a stricter Jew. He shouldn't lose his Jewishness, his religion, or his culture. He simply takes Christ into it. There is a group of Christian Jews who emphasize this way of looking at Christianity among Jews. They say that all the covenants God made with them were eternal. What does that mean? Doesn't that mean forever? God often said, This shall be a statute for you forever. In speaking to one of these Jewish Christian friends of ours from Israel, I pointed out that while the Abrahamic, Davidic, and Palestinian covenants were eternal, the Mosaic clearly was not. It was fulfilled in Christ. Every believer, Jew or Gentile, being in him in that way fulfills the law too. 
so that any believer in Christ isn't obligated to live by all its religious precepts. Was I right or wrong? Must a Jew who believes in Christ strictly live by the law of Moses? Is that a requirement for the Jewish believer? Obviously not for the Gentiles. Is that the way it should be? That's the way these Christian Jews in the vicinity of Jerusalem evidently looked upon it. They received Christ and they became zealous for the law. Now the other extreme. Must a Jew who received Christ become virtually a Gentile? Must he renounce his Jewishness? That is apparently, as rumor had it, Paul was teaching. News had reached Jerusalem that Paul taught the new Jewish converts in other areas to turn away from the law of Moses, not to have their children circumcised, and to disregard Jewish customs. This made it difficult for Jews to believe in Christ. I should say at this point that there is no evidence that Paul taught Jewish converts to abandon the law of Moses or to abandon circumcision and Jewish customs. That was a false rumor. He did battle for freedom from these restraints for the Gentiles. Of that, there is no question. But he did not insist that the Jews leave their religious and cultural customs. In fact, if we read Paul's letter to the Galatians, it becomes clear that he permits the Jews to go either way. They have the freedom to practice circumcision or not to. In itself, circumcision doesn't matter. It doesn't affect one's status in God's sight. If a Jewish father who becomes a believer in Christ wants to have his son circumcised in keeping with ancestral customs, he may do so. If he doesn't, he needn't. Paul was happy to conform to Jewish customs when in Jewish company. He didn't want to give offense, but he had the freedom as a Christian Jew not to be bound by them. If he was in the company of both Jewish and Gentile Christians, he did what seemed expedient under the circumstances. He learned a measure of adaptability. Perhaps that is a good principle for today. Jews who believe in Christ may follow their Jewish customs, which are very meaningful to many. It must be clear that salvation does not depend on them. Other believing Jews may not wish to follow those customs. Gentile Christians need to recognize this and allow the Jewish believers that freedom. We are one, not because of customs or traditions, but we are one in Christ.
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.